A select few survivors are tasked with colonizing and repopulating a new Earth. Strong female characters drive the action in this dystopian post-apocalyptic thriller. Georgia, one of several beautiful genetic exotics, dares to break free from the tightly controlled social structures that forces women like her into a life of sexual slavery and forbids all women to bear and raise their own babies. Enter the Hatchery. Episode 9 Franklin Georgia and Franklin met by chance one day as she was leaving her seventh pairing and he was checking in for his 203rd. Although the RTs had never seen fit to pair them for reproductive purposes, Georgia felt an immediate attraction to him. She found Franklin to be awkwardly, charmingly handsome. She loved the slow, shy stutter of his baritone voice, the way his thick eyebrows furrowed when he was thinking, the comical incongruence of his muscular chest and arms and skinny legs, the vulnerability of his slightly receding hairline, and the tiny wrinkles that formed at the corners of his blue eyes. Granted, he wasn't the sharpest tack in the box. Sperm donors weren't required to be intellectual giants, and he was a bit vain, but he could also be funny and thoughtful. He was certainly earnest. Franklin understood his position and duty in New Earth society and accepted it with cheerful, passive resignation. Franklin found Georgia equally appealing. He loved the abundance of wavy copper hair that framed her round, honest face. Her pale complexion was sprinkled with faint freckles across the bridge of her nose. Her lips were full and pink without lipstick, her figure somewhat thick and curvy. There was a sturdiness about her countenance that gave off an aura of centered confidence. She liked a good joke, laughed without restraint, and had an impressively hearty appetite. She was the most real woman he had ever met and he had met and bedded plenty of women as one of Sector B's top producing donors. After a year of prolonged casual courtship, Georgia agreed to visit Franklin at his condo, and the two gradually evolved into a couple. Of course, their relationship could not get in the way of her monthly and his weekly pairings at the R.C., but they still had the energy and desire to have a fulfilling physical relationship in between those mandated pairings. Georgia would often fantasize about having a child with Franklin, though she knew this wasn't allowed. She would be required to terminate an unauthorized pregnancy as soon as it was detected. She had already dutifully made her way to the termination center twice and left both visits feeling increasingly guilty and filled with inexplicable grief. After that second visit, she secretly resolved to find a way to avoid the termination center if she became pregnant again. 
with Franklin's child. She also resolved not to tell Franklin about this decision, at least not yet. She pondered possible scenarios that would allow her to cheat the system into letting her next pregnancy get around the government, sanctioned scrutiny. She knew it wouldn't be easy. The RCs had many protocols to ensure that natural, unauthorized pairings would never make it past the first trimester undetected. Even if a natural embryo made it through the initial harvesting, the growing fetus would undergo regular DNA testing at the hatchery. If an embryo's DNA did not match both donor parents, it would be immediately destroyed. These were another part of the new rules, protocols that every citizen of New Earth understood. But Georgia had heard whisperings that there were couples out there who found a way around the system and were raising their natural offspring. She wasn't sure the rumors were true, but they gave her a reason to hope. She also heard through the grapevine that there were sympathetic RTs who would falsify data. You just had to know who to pay off for these special favors. It was a dangerous game, but Georgia was compelled to take the risk. A few months later, Georgia and Franklin took a walk through the family park on a Sunday afternoon. She found herself envying the couples pushing strollers filled with their adorable adopted toddlers. They looked so happy. And Georgia began to open her heart to the possibility of adopting a child one day. It certainly would be the safer option. One mother cooed at her child who was fussing a bit. Mommy's here, Sophie. It's okay, baby girl. Sophie? Did she call the child Sophie? Georgia turned to Franklin, yanking his arm. I think that little girl is the baby I told you about. The one from the hatchery, remember? Franklin smiled. The little gymnast? Yes. That woman called her Sophie. I remember that's the name Tiffany gave the fetus I saw in the hatchery. She named that one after her best friend. Maybe she's a different Sophie, he reasoned. Not a two-year-old, Franklin. They cycle through names. No, I'm sure that's her. Georgia could not resist the chance to walk over to the stroller and bend down to the little moon face that stared seriously back at the smiling stranger. Hi, Sophie. Remember me? She straightened and smiled at the mother. Sophie and I have met before. Does she still suck her thumb? Flattered but confused, the mother nodded. Yes, she does. How do you know how do you know our daughter? We just adopted her. Georgia laughed. Well, it's a long story. Anyway, it's good to see her looking so healthy and happy. You look like you are a great mom to her. Thank you, she gushed. We just fell in love with her the moment we saw her. Then she paused, hesitating, and her eyes took on a worried expression. Despite Georgia's effort to appear friendly and non-threatening, the woman instinctively pulled Sophie out of the stroller and held her protectively against her chest, adjusting the knit cap over the child's ears. 
Let's keep those little ears covered and out of the cold air. She turned her back to Georgia, using her posture to give a clear signal to the intrusive stranger to back off. Well, I'll let you go then. Bye-bye, baby. Goodbye, Sophie. Georgia walked back to where Franklin was waiting on a park bench. He was greedily consuming a nutrition bar. She sat down beside him. That was the baby from the hatchery. I'm sure of it. Uh-huh, he mumbled with his mouth full. Georgia watched him chew and swallow, wondering if she should take this moment to broach the taboo subject again. She tried weeks ago, but Franklin had shut her down. Franklin, do you ever wonder about the children you see around? You know, like if you might have fathered that child? Not really. He took another large bite of the nutrition bar. Well, I think about it a lot, especially when I see a toddler with red or strawberry blonde hair. I can't help but think, maybe that's my son or daughter, you know? Franklin shrugged. You're not their mother, Georgia. You haven't been pairing long enough to produce a two-year-old. Besides, you're not anyone's mother. You are just an egg donor. He stared into her eyes, waiting for her to say something. When she looked away, he lowered his voice, concerned that others in the park might overhear him. You're still thinking about that crazy scheme, even with all the risk involved. What if I am? She whispered, holding back tears. I don't want another termination. I want to raise our baby. I think we should try to find a way. Look, Georgia, you need to get that thought out of your head right now, he said sternly. It's too dangerous. You know that. Can't you at least think about it? She pleaded. He held her hand and took in a long breath letting it out slowly while he pondered whether he could commit to what she was about to say. If you want, I'll put her name in the lottery to adopt a kid, okay? Georgia squeezed his hand in excitement. Really? I mean, are you sure? Sure, I'm sure, he smiled, flashing his perfectly straight teeth over a dimpled chin. I get that you want a kid. Who knows? Could be fun. He grabbed her hand and pulled her up from the park bench. Let's go back to my place, he chuckled. All this talk about making babies is making me randy.